Service Desk. I'm Kim. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sam. Yay! We're Yay. all back together. Uh, good to have my techie friends back. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> so, what techie insanity have you been up to? Or has it just been pretty chill? Uh, very chill. Um, no tech insanity. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, everything's pretty much work. Um, I'm only working like half as much over the past couple of weeks as I used to. So half as much oh. time to go wrong. Um, that That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, but nothing's broken. Um, everything has worked flawlessly for the past, like, since we talked last time. Well, that's fantastic because at least something is going well in this world right now because we need that. Lord knows we need that. Yep. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Good news is uh, definitely needed. Yeah. In my neck of the woods, things have been going eh, pretty, pretty chill. There's um, due to the way our companies that we deal with are dealing with COVID. Um, we have a weird mix of some of them are working from home. Some of them are still trying to like do the social distancing in their wherever their company is located. And so there's this added layer of troubleshooting that when there's something wrong and somebody's trying to do an update or something that now you have to deal with VPNs in the mix, which, you know, nine times out of 10, it's fine. But there's the occasion where for whatever reason, the the firewall maybe had the, the port open to get to the thing. But now because of the VPN, there's a special another layer to that firewall that they can't get through. So it's thrown in a few weird hiccups for my company, at least. Yeah, for sure. There, there can be some really weird stuff. Um, I ran into a problem with like a personal VPN that I use actually with some uh, with a banking application um, because oh, interesting. the by default the vpn was forcing my packets to use uh tcp and the bank wasn't accepting things unless they were udp which is a really weird kind of mismatch interesting yeah yeah it's a weird requirement yeah like it was and and it took some troubleshooting because like you would just have the default settings in in the VPN, and then when I switched it over to UDP, the the banking application worked perfectly. Um, so. But everything else broke. <laughs> no, everything else was kind of okay. Um, oh, I'm I'm sure some other servers on the internet were angry at me, but not not too bad. Well, then there's your solution. Yeah, but yeah, there can be weird stuff with VPNs, or even just the so. added like little bit of latency. Mm, yep, can mm -hmm. cause some That's systems been... to just freak out. Yeah. Well, and that's definitely been the case with some of the, the calls that I've dealt with because the software, um, home internet for some of these people is ridiculous. And like, if it's kind of slow to begin with, like the, the program in their particular setting, then you go to a slower home internet and it's just, forget it. You might as well just not be working. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the odd thing I've seen too, that's uh, really weird is that some hotels still um, you can't use VPN solutions. Like, they turn off that, um, I guess it would have to be, like, a port or something, but we have a certain number of, uh, hotels that our employees can't get into. Yeah, it, it's actually way more comf complicated than just turning off a port. Um, VPNs generate a really specific, like, traffic, uh, profile 
uh, for the way that they they break up the data to encrypt it to send it over the VPN. So you can actually pick that up on the switch end and deny the traffic. Um, like there, there are tons of ways. Like the way that uh, Netflix will detect that you're using a VPN is more than just detecting the IP address. Right. Yeah. It's oh. VPNs are weird, and blocking VPNs is an even weirder. Uh, like it, it's so abstract, and they're it's crazy how they can figure it out. Interesting. Well, we're well, kind of deep in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit of a tangent to start the day off, but you know, so it goes. How about you, Andrew? Um, yeah, things are just kind of oddly, I don't know. Kind of chill? I don't want to, like, say slow, but yeah, kind of chill. I'm glad that things we've all just... slowed down from the insanity that was the immediate before times. Yeah, <laughs> establishing a new normal. I think that's, that's basically, a good way to say it, yeah. you know, it's been long yeah. enough for most, most companies that there's been a new kind of bar set. Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of like a new, uh, a new way of doing things. Yeah, in exactly. some ways better. Yeah. In some ways, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. But anyway, um <laughs> so do either of you have news for me this evening? Um I don't have a ton of news, so if someone else did. I I have a weird one for sure. Um oh. where was she located? So, uh there is a woman, we'll just say she's in the EU because she is in the EU. I can't remember the exact country, but <laughs> She just recently re received a court order uh, to delete uh, some photos off of her Facebook because one of her family members actually issued a GDPR request. And oh, was it a like a grandma? Yeah, I think I read yeah. about. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she has to remove the photos or pay a fine of fifty euros for every day that she fails to, up to a maximum of a thousand euros. Um. That's kind of sad. Yeah, because somebody who she had pictures of on Facebook, um, I'm assuming they were related to her, uh, they requested that Facebook remove all of their data. Yeah, it's well, just, it's weird that it's like the first like big kind of like family thing that's happened. I mean, you think, you know, Facebook and all these other companies are going to have to deal with it. And it's like, oh. No, people. Yeah. Yeah, we are too. Yeah, yeah, it's just super weird because um, GDPR actually has some uh, like exemptions for uh, for stuff for like per purely personal or household use. But what the judge had ruled was because they had posted it on a completely unsecured part of their Facebook page that it basically made it available to the wider internet and thus did oh. not count as only for personal or household oh. use. Um, anybody could see it off that grandma's Facebook page. Interesting. Yeah. Because they didn't like have the right permissions. Or... Exactly. Um, oh, interesting. So like so anybody could they with just a Google have... search could get images of that person. Could they theoretically then change the permissions on that? I, I, I would assume that that might be able to get them into compliance. Um, I'd say it's much more complicated than that now that there's been a court ruling. Well, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm I would sure imagine at something. this point it's better to just things got more complicated because the the legal world's involved. Yeah. What? No. Uh -huh. That's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. But I, I found that was I, that was the most interesting and not hugely depressing topic in the news this week for me. That yeah, I'm, it, weird. And I get it. Like, how many times has Grandma whipped out a picture of you that you're like, oh God, please, no. Yeah. No. 
but we're, we're encountering kind of one of the first like couple of generations of people where they have to worry about that those photos would exist for the public forever right mm-hmm. like not many people have yeah. access to to the box of photos that my grandma keeps in her house right but exactly depending on how security is everybody can see her facebook yep it's very true so yeah i don't i don't necessarily disagree with them but also it's super weird yep but so huh um but yeah speaking of privacy um people are concerned because of course computers are everywhere and basically anything that you want to use that's not just a simple simple tool probably has a computer somewhere in either the making or the uh use of it including especially vehicles and the little screens that show you your radio station and if it if your seat heaters are on and what kind of navigation system you have and connect up to your phone those things are called infotainment systems which is a really stupid name but here we are i i've just referred them to them as the thing that shows pj mask and makes people not be crying in the car <laughs> sure the things that distract me <laughs> distraction for young children yes but when, it's when not the ipad sh- dies well yes <laughs> <laughs> Just just strap an iPad to your, your console. You've got an infotainment system. Congratulations. Now you're talking my language. I like this. <laughs> so um, they started off as like a kind of a higher end luxury piece that you could, you know, Bluetooth sync your phone into the car system and you can get the information or get Sirius SM, XM radio coming through um and it's kind of everything now goes through these like there's no there's no way in my vehicle for instance to be able to change certain settings on the ac or heating without that infotainment screen yeah that's true even like uh yeah even something basic like that and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to find vehicles that don't have the screen that just have um, either a very bare minimum Bluetooth connection because let's be honest Bluetooth and you're in your car to connect your phone to your car is very very important anymore because everybody has a phone and to try to decrease the distracted driving you you need to have that Bluetooth so that you can answer your calls or or listen to your text messages. I think after a certain year, I, I'm pretty sure it's actually legally required to have hands-free calling because my, my 2015, which was a basic car, like I had nothing added to it, mm-hmm. has Bluetooth calling. But if you try and like listen to music or anything, it suddenly cuts off. So huh. like I can't use it. Yeah, I can't use the actually play music. But like if my phone is listening to a song and then a phone call comes through, for like about a second, I hear the music in my speakers. Huh. So, and I looked it up online, and I'm pretty sure it's something legal, kind of like the tire sensors that tell you what your uh, pressure is. How after oh, a certain year, that's basically standard on every vehicle. Yeah, and I think even nowadays, um, backup cameras are required as well. Huh. I, I, but yes, Bluetooth. I'm pretty sure is a legal requirement. Interesting. I, I wouldn't know. I personally drive a, uh, 2004 toaster. 
uh, you know. So ah <laughs> uh, yes, uh, a two true. or four slot. Um, it it's a it's a four <laughs> slot. You know, it's got it's got four slots in it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's a Scion XB. So it's basically a toaster on wheels, a Generation One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those boxes. Yeah. So it's just a box on wheels. Um, and it has no infotainment system to speak of. Um, I was lucky it had a radio in it, but the yeah i mean it'll get you around i guess yeah yeah and um it has all that functionality now after my uh my intervention <laughs> Why does i do have a me? an aux cord uh, bluetooth but it's definitely lacking some uh finesse well that's fair yeah i my so i have a um ford it's a 2011 ford edge and uh when i got it we got it secondhand and we drove it off the lot and everything seemed hunky-dory. And like two weeks in, the screen of the infotainment center started flashing. And it would flash off and would take a restart of the car for it to come back in. And so I was like, hmm, this is problematic. And I took it into the the dealership and was like, so this, this screen flashes. I assumed at, the po- at that point, I assumed that there was probably just a something was loose. Like maybe a, mm-hmm. a cord was needing to be, you know, plugged in somewhere in the back. And knowing nothing about infotainment systems, because this is the first vehicle I've ever had that even had that option, um, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And it ended up that the whoever had sold it sold it just in time because the thing was dying. And so they had to replace it in order to for me to have things like my fan speed control on my rate, you know, on my heating equipment. Oof. Yeah. And so... <laughs> For me, like, I love the infotainment system. I love how it works, and I love all the pieces. But the thing that drove me nuts about it was that it is specific to Ford. I couldn't go to some third-party repair shop and have them do my repairs for me on my infotainment center. I had to go to the Ford place, and the silly thing costs, like, I don't know, I think the part itself was something like eight or $900, and so the repair was being was way over a thousand by the end, <laughs> which really sucks when you buy a new car and then, like a few months later, you're ending up spending over a thousand dollars to get a major piece of the information systems back functional and so, like actually like functioning or even not just like info or like entertainment but things like fan speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there I mean there was a clock and there was some other pieces. That actually messed with my dash, too, because it was turning my a couple of my lights on. Like, uh, it had something to do with the headlights, and then there was something else that I don't remember. But there was a couple of lights on my dash that were just on with, when that was failing. And it was like, huh, well, that's fun. So with with all the things that like you've kind of covered that are included in a lot of infotainment systems, what do you guys think would be like the, the basic kind of qualifying thing to be considered an infotainment system? As opposed to just like a basic, you know, interface for turning, you know, your seat warmers on or whatever. I feel like there has to be some intelligence within the actual like dashboard or car itself. I'm sure there's an actual definition out there for this. But to me, an infotainment system would be something that like if I don't have my phone with me, I can still use and have it have quote unquote smart features. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty pretty accurate to at least my understanding. Uh, 
Oh goodness. I I I just looked up the Wikipedia definition of infotainment system and um <laughs> it's it's paragraphs. Collection of hardware and software in automobiles that provide audio or video entertainment. Um is the that's the short. But well, and the thing is that it does provide audio and or video entertainment, but the that's the attainment part. There's also in all of these systems there's some some functionality of the car that is tied into that screen somehow. The info. So whether that's the heat, yeah, oh. that would be the info portion. Yeah. <laughs> We're so specific. Yeah, it's re- it's really weird. Um, it, when when talking about these topics, I kind of get a little bit a uh, little bit tripped up because at this point, a lot of these infotainment systems, I can't differentiate them from just computers. In the end of the day. Um, well, and that's and just I, it. I don't really You've, think there is a difference. Th- well, the thing that makes them different is that each car manufacturer basically has their own version that they have built to go with their vehicles. Mm-hmm. And you have to have the specific people at those places work on your stuff because that's so tied to the brand. And so there's been, I mean, when you go out and you shop for a car now, part of what you're looking at is not just, you know, like how many miles to the gallon does it get? What kind of ride does it have? It's also what kind of infotainment software does it have? Yeah. Because that is such a big piece. And like, if you go out to, for instance, um, Consumer Reports, like you can get a big old listing of the the best. Well, actually, this one rates them all from from best to worst. And uh, Tesla is at the at the top as, as far as infotainment centers. Well, because so. the whole car is the infotainment set system. In exactly. <laughs> um, I don't think that... without the infotainment system, there's a single thing you can actually do in that car. Probably not. Can you start a Tesla without the main panel? Um, I don't know. I think you need the key fob or your phone. Okay. Yeah, it, c- it controls everything, right? It controls climate, seats, mm-hmm. uh, the way mm-hmm. the cruise control works. Um, yeah, pretty much so everything. So they had impetus to make it work well. <laughs> yeah. There was a really so, weird bug with the infotainment system, actually, in Tesla's um, first-generation Model S's, where oh, yeah? the type of um, flash memory that they built into them, uh, they, they only had a very limited amount of uh, write cycles, so all of the first yes. generation ones actually have run out of write cycles. So now the infotainment uh-huh. system can't run to write to its short term memory. So the infotainment system and thus the rest of the car does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to they had to cut back because they were being very um, the log files on what was were, being logged. It's yeah. so like everything on Earth, yeah. like a butterfly flapped its wings in China, and your Tesla logged it. Yeah. So they had to go back and say, "All right, let's let's be a little more choosier." Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, so with like infotainment systems, um, we've talked about like a couple of pros and cons. What would you think that your the main pros for an infotainment system would be? Well, kind of like uh, I said before, you know, it you have your phone with you all the time, and you know, when you're not in your car, you you live and die in that thing. So having something that's in your car that can help slump- supplement that would be i mean that's what i would be looking for yeah yeah for me i i bluetooth connect my phone and that's i don't have radio or anything in my vehicle itself 
it's all podcasts and or Amazon Music <laughs> or whatever from my phone. So, yeah, I think I'd be in a similar a uh, kind of similar use case. Um, for me, uh, my favorite thing to do with infotainment systems is to send really cryptic messages through the text, uh, the speech to text options of them, <laughs> and have nobody ever know what I'm talking about. Um, but because the voice to text is usually terrible. Yeah, because they don't have any sort of standard system, right? Um, with a lot of mm -hmm. them, it's just what's built in there. So it's not even running really off of my phone where Google does a pretty decent job now at this point. The whatever is built in is definitely not good at voice to text. It's so and and reading, listening to it as it tries to read text messages is, oh, my gosh, it hits a URL and you're done for like. <laughs> yeah. And the, the pauses sometimes I'm like, is the sentence over or oh, no, it's still going. OK. <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting if used right too i think that it also has a lot of uh, uh safety potential yes where it's bringing your distraction from something and uh making it less so i i would agree entirely um yeah in a lot of the much newer vehicles i've driven i find that it provides some very useful data to me uh even having like a much bigger, more granular screen to be able to see like what my actual speed is or when I'm backing up the fact that most of the infotainment systems will switch over to the, the backup, backup camera. cameras. That's very yes. helpful. Yeah, yeah, those are those are fantastic. And like the 360 cameras, those are really impressive when you can look at your screen and see the entire surroundings of your vehicle. Yeah, no, I agree I, entirely. I I would hope that with the advent of that being more standardized, that we see fewer, you know, like parking lot fender benders and things of those. Like, you're still going to have people driving way too fast and being idiots on the road, but it at least provides a measure of potential safety. Yeah, uh, entirely. So we've gone over... Yeah, um, with our infotainment system in my wife's vehicle, actually, it won't let you access any setting whilst it is in the drive setting. Well, that's yeah, it's super smart. weird. It lets you do basic control, so let you go through like the audio or be able to do that sort of thing. But any sort of uh, like the the entire settings menu to change anything is completely not accessible when you're driving i don't know how i feel about that i, I don't like it as a passenger but it makes sense no. as a security feature yeah i was gonna say there's been situations where you know i've been a passenger and sitting in yeah. it i know a big downside too is you know we all have to deal with end of life stuff in our day-to-day oh. -day uh -huh. life with everything that we have especially with service um applications yeah. so something that you don't buy and then it's basically yours yeah yeah, that and with infotainment, it's a weird situation because, like, I know my particular system isn't getting updates. There's no firmware updates happening anymore. So, yep, I know it's only a matter of time before the Bluetooth stops connecting. <laughs> yep, for example, with uh, our our vehicle, there's only ever been one version of the firmware for it. That's oh it. wow, there that's that's the one. And if there's ever anything that makes it insecure or like that. Um, it's You're, never going to be patched because why would they patch a six-year-old vehicle? Yeah. I mean, you already own the car, so. Yeah. Um, for me, I think, though, that there are some pretty decent, as they become more and more standard, there are some 
like decent standardizations that make that a little bit less of an issue. Um, two of my favorite things to come out in like recent years that it's not ubiquitous yet, but it's definitely getting picked up more and more is like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto support. Yes, yeah, okay. Android Auto is a good one. Yeah. Because it really, it offloads a lot of that work to your phone, which you can kind of guarantee is secure, at least somewhat. That's true. It's going to allow you to, as long as Android Auto is updated, it should allow you to keep using other features that connect to your phone. Yeah. So even if, you know, your navigation system that's built into your car. Yeah runs out or you lose service to it or you don't pay for it anymore oh yeah well you still have google maps i actually um a friend of mine ran into that issue on a much older vehicle where the maps had become outdated on the Mm -hmm. inbuilt gps because it 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 just basically was an old school gps that uses um downloaded uh, offline maps and since it was such an old vehicle they no longer supported the format they used for the maps so you couldn't get updated maps for it um so any roads that had been added within the last like you know i think it was like five years or something like that or any changes to anything it just wouldn't register that those were a thing huh well that becomes increasingly less safe (laughs) There are some uh, cities that have uh, a lot of changes. Yeah. In five years' times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It... Thinking like Minneapolis, which is where their entire interstate system has actually been ripped up and redone. Moved around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess that all comes down to like the biggest thing to watch out for is how proprietary they are, huh? Yeah. Well, and. So I wonder if we would gain the benefit from like, um, like a standard um, OS almost. So, like, you know, if I buy Chrysler, well, Chrysler's infotainments are all going to use the same system versus each individual model using something different. Well, they kind of do that. Like Ford and Lincoln, they they use sync and that's their thing. And that's across all of the machines. But of course, the problem is that it updates. And so I think I'm on either the first or I think I probably have the first generation of sync in my vehicle. And they're up to the third generation you know yeah um and i'm sure with some vehicles you could get to the third generation but you have to go and pay to get the dealership to update it mhm um, mhm yeah have any mean... of you heard or done any research at all um about like third party like cracking of the systems yes of far too much. <laughs> um, I know, I, I think it's a legal gray area because I've heard of issues where like farmers do that to like their John Deere tractors. So, so I, oh, I am tractors actually, are a whole nother. when it comes to cracking John Deere tractors, I'm very well versed. Um, really? Yeah. So when really? you buy a John Deere tractor, you're actually, um, you don't just purchase it. It's actually more no, like not how anymore. a lot of people purchase phones as in it's a very long term lease. But Mm -hmm. part of the contract that you sign with John Deere is that they are um, that you basically guarantee that they're 100 percent the people that you'll go to for support. The the thing is, is so uh, technically because of the contracts with John Deere, the parts, electronic system, maintenance, everything of those tractors should be conducted by John Deere legally, according to the contracts that you sign when you buy a John Deere tractor. So that that's why they they 
get people and they're always suing people for cracking the systems because people want to be able to maybe listen to music in their tractor that they paid, you know, a million dollars for. Um, yeah. And, and man, um, the Czech Republic, they are always breaking those tractors, like constantly. Um, Interesting. Every time John Deere puts out a new patch, there's a, there's a really, really kind of dedicated community in the Czech Republic that just always... Um, within like a week or so, they'll have that newest version cracked and be able to do whatever they want with that tractor. That's kind of fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. So I wonder if we're going to see, uh, you know, I mean, I, I feel like Ford and, well, you can't be too sure nowadays, but if a company goes up and goes out of business, so let's say Tesla, you know, loses its funding and they decide to not be in the car business anymore and just focus on batteries. Well, that's what happens to all those old systems. Like, you know, is your car basically just junk? A paper yeah. Weight, um, you know, and that is that is the conversation, actually, that a lot of people are having right now. Um, there's a big right to repair movement, at least here in the U.S. a little bit. Yeah, um, because especially with cars, um, they are so proprietary that a lot of the time you can't even prov uh, provide your own maintenance on the vehicle. Oh yeah, my dad gave that up years ago. Yep. Um, because, so what they'll do, and, and it's a big discussion because actually there's some stuff that was passed back in what, the 70s, that make it so that you have to be able to get your own repair parts for a vehicle, at least. Um, but with a lot of these proprietary systems, it breaks that. Um, there's also another... Well, you can still get the parts, technically. You just can't do any of the actual work because you have to be able to reset the computer pieces in the cars yep. to make the car realize that it's been fixed. Yep. And you need some sort of shop computer in most situations or a really expensive reader that only, mm -hmm. you know, big garages can actually afford to do it. Um, for for me, I, I still like to repair my own vehicles and stuff and i ended up having to buy a rather expensive reader just to reset codes on things um but yeah that's the the main thing with that you also run into a gray area when trying to mess with them because i've looked a lot into this because i do want to mess with them that's kind of what i do um <laughs> and the gray area actually is is that a lot of these things will interact with safety systems so um Right. Things like driver assist and all of that sort of stuff is actually oh, yeah. it's lane correction. Yeah, it's protected by by law as a safety system in a vehicle, and technically, in a lot of states, you're unable to modify those. Like in a lot of states, if you went and just went, "Hey, I don't like these airbags in this car," and ripped the airbags out, uh, that's a thing you're not legally able to do you're not able to make that decision um and since these infotainment systems they are responsible for controlling so many things in the vehicle now to modify the uh to modify the software running on them would actually be a modification of the safety system and would thus uh. take it out of its already certified safe operation smart 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 on their part yeah, so it's it's terrible. Yeah, it's but... really weird. So like when they do like crash testing and get safety certifications on a lot of these systems, since the since the infotainment system is tied into that system, that's certified with it. And when you modify that, it bumps you out of there. And then 
your car is no longer considered safe to drive. Just like in a lot of a lot of states in the U.S. and some other countries, you're not able to change out the actual engine, like the running computer, because it would take it out of its current certified, uh, like ecological, you know, stuff. So right. all, all the different, like yeah. yeah. Um, so even if you could make your car run better or run even more efficiently with less emissions, to modify that system would make it so that they couldn't guarantee that anymore. Um, yeah. At least here in California, that's how most of that works. That doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'd get by with it in South Dakota uh, or Nebraska. Possibly. Possibly. Um, my, my South Dakota is definitely on the hands-off approach for most things. So. Yeah. Um, my recommendation as like an avid person who likes to take apart all their systems and break into them and make them into what I want them to be, um, my, my recommendation would be don't. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and like that's a really hard recommendation for me to make with modifying them um, but like you know your phone right you work on rooting your phone or changing out the operating system on your phone or whatever worst case scenario you have an unstable phone that you can't rely on or that doesn't work anymore when it's your car um, you're you don't want that to not be reliable yeah yeah you're, you're taking a yeah. gamble on your on your car like especially with things with like lane assist and everything where the auto stay you know in the center of the lane as soon as you touch that system you do not know if it's going to be buggy and w uh -huh. when sometimes these systems have control over your steering wheel and throttle you don't want to mess with that unless you really know what you're doing and you're prepared for the fact that what you're doing might break those it's it's sad but don't <laughs> so basically the better idea is to go and do your thorough research as to which company and which infotainment system works better for you yep. and take that into account as you're trying to buy a car and make sure you play with that system along with the drive that you take yeah i, I think it's part of the car buying process now it's a thing that you have to take into consideration now when you're looking for a vehicle. Because it might ride smooth as butter, but if you can't get to your fan speed. <laughs> yep. And if it only has CarPlay and not <laughs> Android Auto, then it's no good to me, you know, as somebody who doesn't use Apple. Right. Like there's, you, you have to take it into account for sure. And I'm sure all of this will change very quickly. So it's just kind of a thing to keep in mind more than a this is how you actually or what all the things you actually need to look for because mm -hmm. for all we know next next year we might be having espresso made in our vehicles uh, I, they actually had a car that had an espresso machine built in by you or the factory by the factory it was a um one of those little keurig pods i can't remember whatever. what it was it was kind of like a a keurig type of yeah but no, it came with an espresso machine in it. Um, somebody I knew once had a Land Rover that came with its own wine cooler in the back. That seems anti. That's all I needed. Yeah, for when you go take helpful. You no, know, well, when you go take you know a nice Land Rover out into the little nowhere and you want a picnic, you know, you need champagne and cheese and plates. Caviar. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I suppose to go with my Land Rover, I would definitely have champagne and caviar in the back. But when you're paying like a right? hundred something grand for a vehicle, you might as well. <laughs>
but those are some of the weirder modifications to cars definitely by far yeah but yeah infotainment systems they're a big deal they come in a lots of different things too actually like we've talked a lot about cars but um some of these heads up infotainment systems for motorcycles and stuff on the market are becoming oh, yeah. a thing now even oh. on much smaller stuff yeah so i am looking forward to having an infotainment system in my motorcycle helmet yeah yeah oh yeah um because it would be amazing to have um like directional arrow indicators or something to turn somewhere yeah. so i don't have to take my eye off the road um or you know in the corner of my vision maybe you know see the track or you know who's calling me and and that's right around the corner i've seen some really cool demos on on uh especially from motorcycles that the inbuilt infotainment like the inbuilt kind of computer system for the car interfaces with the helmet in order to give you even stuff like real time speed information you know um so infotainment it's the way of the future for better or for worse <laughs> we're here now live with it <laughs> uh, d d yeah if that's not the statement of this year i don't know what is <laughs> pretty much yep <laughs> Hey, I, I had some good things to say about infotainment systems, you know, and I told people not to break them. Hey! It's not something you hear from me often. No, definitely is not. Put your own OS Don't on Don't fiddle with All that. All the way, but not with cars. <laughs> you can support us by going over to patreon.com forward slash service desk podcast. Throw a few bucks our way and we'll give you access to our rousing discord and all of the lovely little bits that I end up cutting out of these episodes because we go tangents. <laughs> Just sometimes. Just sometimes. Depends on our mood. Please always rate and review us wherever you are listening to us. Really helps us out on Spotify and places like Apple or the iTunes store. And uh, you can check us out at Service Desk Pod on Twitter, you know, and always feel free to go and submit a ticket on the website. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And uh, as always, I'm Andrew. I'm Kim. And I'm Sam. And, and we, we are, are your techie, techie friends. friends.